0: it's important that that ministers able to go out uh and be involved in these meetings that that because we have an opportunity to to get fed ourselves and when we can do that and we can able to go to these meetings it benefits everybody but god definitely put something in my spirit that I want to share with you today and uh and I hope and pray that everybody can pick up on this uh, because the Lord has spoken to me that unless his people in this day learn, learn this, we're not going to be able to finish the work before it all winds up. And there's going to be a lot, of people, a lot more people lost than didn't have to be if we don't learn this principle that we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to be going to Galatians chapter 5 I'm going to read one verse hopefully I'll be able to slow down a little bit and we're going to we're going to do some of um, a word that I've coined down through the years we're going to do a little preaching today Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 for you Brotherin. let me stop right there. When he said, for you, brethren, he's letting you know right off the bat who he's talking to. He's not talking to a soul out there in the world. This verse ain't got a thing to do with anybody who's never repented and been baptized, and, and had the blood of Christ to cover their life. He's speaking to the church. When he uses that phrase, brethren, that's who he's talking to, nobody else. All right. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. That second thing that tells me something that even though you're in the church, you still can follow your flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. Even though I baptized myself one Sunday morning I still follow the flesh. Don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve. That's a word that a lot of people have tried to scratch out of their vocabulary. Serve. One another. I want, I want you to face somebody right now. If there's nobody standing right beside you, turn around behind or front or, or whatever, and I want everybody facing somebody in the church, and I want you to tell them this, I am your slave. Father, God, as I come today, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for the privilege to stand behind this desk and minister to this great body of people. I'm not worthy, Lord. I don't know why you would ever call me. That is not false humility, Lord. It's from my heart. I don't deserve what you have blessed me with. Father, I'm asking that because you have given me this test and this, ac- this calling, anoint me, your servant, the next few moments that I may be able to speak out To these, your sheep, not mine, but yours, what you have laid in my heart today. And I pray that everybody here will have an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, Amen. Amen. And you can be seated. I want to speak to you today on a subject titled Satisfied to Serve. Satisfied to Serve. Most of us as Americans, have an innate desire to get ahead in life. Amen. It's part of our culture. We all, the majority of us, we got this innate desire down deep inside. Yes. Yes. If we can afford a better car, even though nothing's wrong, maybe with the one we got, if we can we can afford nothing, we like to get another one. We like to live in better houses. I remember one time years ago, there was a bunch of clothes brought to a church. It's donated. Clothes was clean they didn't have no holes in them buttons was all on them zippers worked fine but i heard uh, a comment to somebody else don't believe i can use none of them these are all out of style You need to let God take you to Haiti and let you live there for a few days. It's part of that innate desire that we have. Sometimes ladies desire to have a new kitchen. New refrigerator and stove. All right. You cut the burner on on the old stove and it heats up. But I've had this thing a few years, it's time for a change. It's part of that innate desire that we have because we were born and raised in America. America. I promise you, if you was born and raised in a third world country, you would never think about wanting a new refrigerator or another car. And you would be glad to get some clothes that didn't have holes in them, whether or not they was in style or not. You see, we seek positions to where we can climb up the ladder. We have no desire. He called up and I, say, I can promise you, church, that I'm as anointed right now that I have been for any message. I can feel the presence of God in my spirit. Oh, we have no desire, and I'm preaching to Sammy Pruitt here, we have no desire to remain on the bottom level. I remember being told by my father as a child, he said, son, something you need to learn. As long as you're working for somebody else, he said, it's that somebody else is making the money. Amen. He said, if you want to make the money you've got to get yourself in the position that you own the business and got people working for you. Many fathers have taught their sons that here in America. Now remember, now what I've told you so far, I've not said anything that's wrong in itself or sinful in itself. I am laying a foundation to make a point, a spiritual point. That kind of mindset that I've just declared to you, it may get you ahead in the world, but it won't help you much in the kingdom of God. Amen. It's one thing to try to climb the corporate ladder in the world. It's one thing to not want to stay on bottom. You get a job and you're the, you're the low man on the totem pole and making the less money. Uh, I, I, can, I can remember one time after being out of work for a few months, I took a job and I was glad to get in. I tell you what, I get so fed up with the youth of today who think they're too good. If they ain't had a job, they're too good to flop burgers at McDonald's. If I have to flop burgers at McDonald's to take care of my wife, I'm going to do it all day and all night long and I'm going to be proud about it. I'm waiting for God to give me something greater. God ain't going to give you something greater To you take care of what He gives you in the least. Amen. Yeah. Your position will never change. You will never get no better unless you make an effort. That's good. That's good. Hallelujah. I took a job. I didn't like the job. It was third shift. It was graveyard shift. But man, I've been trying to get a job for three months. Small kids at home. Put on that I was in something was called the raw tank department. We was making tanks, for water heaters. And where they put me it was right at the end of the line. After the tanks everything was made, I was rolling those things up and lifting them up on a hook and hanging them on a <coughs> conveyor thing that will take them around to be spray painted and then go through a furnace. I had to do that. I was making some money again. But it wasn't long. As I took breaks and I walked down up, up the line, it seemed like the further up the line you gave work I say, I'm going to get that just as soon as I can. The Lord blessed me. I moved up. I got another job, and I got a little raise. And I was running a machine called a sprayer. And well, all I was, I was picking up these tanks. Two buttons and this thing would come in and spread one end of that tank and just kind of flare a little bit. Then I push it through and roll down and flared Well, the next guy on the next press put a head in there and press that head in there. And I'm happy. I'm making some money. Beginning to have a little pocket change for the first time in a long time. I got to looking, I skipped some other job. I got to looking at the top of the line. It's called the seam welder. I got to watching that guy's uncle welding that seam down there. And he was the top moneymaker on that whole line. And one night I was sitting there and I was doing that about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Us by the grace of God, day's going to come. I'm going to take that job. You know what? Within three months, I was up there. I was operating that scene. And in 1988. been Working at for thirteen years, and in 1989, I was clearing. I was paying taxes over thirty thousand dollars a year. That, that was good money back in 1988. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to leave it to one day at that that machine that I was working on and proud of. Uh, Flipped around there, and I tore off the end of that finger. God had to get sewn back on. And when I got to thinking, I says, "I don't know what. I don't know what I could do if I if, if I couldn't be able to sit down and play a keyboard. Anymore. I don't know what I could do if I couldn't play it in the morning." I said, "God, if you see you telling me, I can leave, I'm leaving. Here's what I'm trying to tell you." There's was nothing, nothing wrong. But where I am and what, I, what I'm doing, I've got to be satisfied with what God's placed me. Let's say I get a phone call this afternoon. Searching for a new minister. And they said, Brother Prince, we're needing a pastor. Our pastor left. And we were wondering if you would be interested to come preaching for us and maybe talking about some things. We got a nice church, we've got a couple hundred more members. Got a nice parsonage out there, we can offer you a, a reasonable salary. There's no way, there's no way that I can. Not, I mean, I'll be honest with you, and my wife knows that I've gotten some phone calls. Well, I get down And I promise you, money will never have nothing to do with it. Many people are willing to serve for a time. But hovering in their mind is the motivation to grow past to where they can no longer serve, but have others serve them. There's a lot of people who're serving, but in their mind they're thinking I'm talking now, I'm talking in the kingdom of God. We done left the world now. Follow me. In their mind the whole time. Hallelujah. You know what? And I know this for a fact. I've seen it. We've got some young men. In the coming up in the ministry that are hanging around some of the bigger churches. They're serving. If they're asked to scrub the talks, they scrub the toilets. If they're asked to cut the grass, they cut the grass. But their serving is purposed. They're set. A lot of people serve. But if we have those thoughts, those feelings, we're not satisfied to serve. Those kind of people, they serve to accommodate a personal purpose. Hallelujah. Let's talk a minute, and I'm not going to hold you too much longer. But let's talk a little bit about Moses and Aaron. Anybody recognize those two names, Moses and Aaron? Ezekiel chapter 7, we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Go ahead and put that up there for us, please. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 7, 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Also thou son of man... Uh, We are are wrong. We need Exodus chapter 7. Excuse me. Exodus chapter 7. So the Lord said to Moses, See... I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of this land. I'm going to read through that again. I want you to pick up on this. So the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you, talking about Moses, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet, not God's prophet, your prophet. You catch that? A lot of people read over this verse all the time and they, and they, they fail to see what, what happened back then. Aaron never was a prophet of God. You won't look nowhere in the 66 books of the Bible and find the book of Aaron, where he, as prophet to God, wrote a letter. Aaron was not God's prophet. He was Moses' prophet. Thank you. for our church to go up to the next level some people are never going to be called to be the leader of the band they're going to live out their entire life as roadies now I got one man back here in the back I know what he knows what I'm talking about when I say roadies the roadies will never be on front stage in the spotlight playing lead guitar. They're going to be the ones working like the devil, putting up the stage, hanging the lights, running the sound, so they can make the singer in the spotlight look and sound as good as they possibly can. A lot of times the man up here gets more credit than what he should because, hey, I'm visible. If you can't see me, you definitely need glasses. But I couldn't do what i do if it wasn't for the people behind the scenes who's praying for me. Who's helping me? Who's doing things that needs to be done in the church that takes a little pressure off of me so I can spend more time in prayer and study, seeking God for the word he wants delivered on Sunday morning. That if I have to do this and that and and, and other things in which I'm not too, never been too good to do it and never will be too good to do it, I'll always do it. Hallelujah. But it's these other people that helps this thing go. That helps this preacher get anointed. One final scripture and I'm going to close. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28. Apostle, unless that's your will. Hallelujah. Amen. Satisfied to serve. This message was necessary today at this time. This message is going to help propel our congregation. to another level to see some of the things in this church that's been prophesied about. It will never happen if we don't have people willing and satisfied to be servants. People who will not Wait to be called on and to be asked but people who look and they see a need and they jump to help take care of that need pastor I noticed this can I help on this amen that's what we need but you know what? There's a lot of things that take to operate this assembly that a lot of people never think about. We just come here and have service. We we don't, you know, we sit here and when it's cold and we come in and the heat's cut on, never think about it. Somebody's got to get here at least an hour and 15 minutes ahead of time when it's, In the 30s outside, it takes that long for this to heat up somebody, and we don't have no automated system where somebody can make a phone call or do something online to cut the heat on. Somebody's got to come here to get things ready. People who put their name down on the list to keep the church clean. But a lot of times we overlook so much. Amen. Amen. I've stood at the door, and I've, I've watched different different people, and and I, I can't remember it, it. It's not in my mind. I, I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you the names. That's honestly, but I just say I I can. I I can. I can. I can remember seeing people in this new place after what God has blessed us here. How nice this is! I've actually stood here and watched people. Walk out the back door and pass trash that's on the floor, step over to go around it without stopping and picking it up. And when I'm on my way out, locking the door, I stop and pick it up. Satisfied to serve. We got a. You you might noticed. You might notice some wood cut. And stacked on the right side of the driveway, cedar wood. You was able to get in here here yesterday. The ladies was able to get in here and have their have their meeting yesterday. Because during the ice storm last week, there was a cedar tree that was uprooted and laid. Across the parking lot, I mentioned it. I thanked Brother Art first. He contacted Brother Kenneth. Brother Art came over here, and he got got part of it before the Ladies' Day, so they could get in and Yesterday, during the Ladies' Day, I could hear a chainsaw and stuff going on and there was there was Brother Kenneth out there and brother Brother Art. All cleaned up and it's stacked up up there hallelujah i'm i'm privileged i'm privileged to have people in our congregation who's willing to be a help who's willing to serve please in closing please don't let one or two in this congregation, be the only ones to do everything. When you get more people involved, and it takes something to keep this kind of edifice up and looking nice. If we all do a little bit, nobody has to work too much. Hallelujah. We got to have an attitude. To serve. Let's stand together.